0: You're listening to 128, a podcast about spiritual maturity, real people, real talk, real life. Welcome to 128, the podcast based on Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28, which says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. But how do we become spiritually mature, especially if it's an expectation in this life? Well, in this podcast, we interview men and women who have been transformed by Jesus Christ and are spiritually mature. And we dig into their life stories so that we can glean insights, principles, and practices that will help us in our own journeys towards spiritual maturity. My name is Derek. And it's my privilege to be able to interview today Ed and Kay Smith. Ed is the president of Williamson College. Kay is an entertainer, a Christian entertainer who has spoken to thousands of people. She's sung on some pretty big stages, including the Billy Graham crusade. And um, I think you're going to really enjoy my conversation with them today. Ed had a hard stop. And so we weren't able to go on for a long time, but uh, we had a, I think, a pretty insightful conversation into their own journeys of faith and the things that they've learned and gleaned along the way. So without much further ado, let's get into it. Well, thank you both for choosing to be a part of this today.
1: You're
2: welcome. Our pleasure.
0: Uh, for our listeners, I am with Ed and Kay Smith. Ed is the president of Williamson College. My uh, Two of my three sons have degrees from Williamson. It's a great, great university in Franklin, Tennessee, and with uh, with uh, outreach to, to all kinds of places. And so uh, we're so appreciative of Ed and the great work he's done there. And then Kay, and Kay is a national speaker. She's been, boy, she is sought after all the time, and, and they've been married for a while. I can't believe you guys, have a slew of grandkids because I just know you're both you're both incredibly energetic you both think future forward and yet somewhere in here you guys have amassed some grandkids so just for the listeners how many uh, grandkids do you guys have
1: we've got five uh from their their ages range from 12 down to um uh six he's not quite six that's why I was thinking about it but Oh, they're great. Four, four boys and a girl.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, I know Ed also led Oxygen for Leaders. I know, Kay, you've spoken everywhere, and uh, you also do comedy. You kind of infuse humor into what you do. You both have a deep love for the Lord. And so I just, um, you know, you're a couple that uh, so many admire, including myself and uh, and my wife, Melissa. Melissa sends her love, by the way. I just appreciate you taking some time so that you can pour your experience into uh, others. Spiritual maturity is an expectation, and so uh, there's just so many things I want to ask you. But maybe let's start off with just some background and context. And um, and you know, were you raised in a Christian house? Uh, how did you come to faith? Was there what role did religion play in your life? So maybe uh, ladies first. We'll start with Kay, and then Ed. Maybe you can share.
1: I think probably one of the first things Ed and I discussed when we first met each other was um, this particular topic, you know, how were you raised? Uh, What did your family believe? And and how were you uh, molded by your mom and dad? And Ed and I were both raised in Christian homes. Um, And both of our parents truly lived like Jesus. Mm -hmm. They, They acted like Jesus. They lived their faith. They taught us to live our faith. And um, so when we met, there was so much commonality there that it was just (laughs) good stuff.
0: Wow. And uh, and Kay, you have how many siblings?
1: I have one brother,
0: one brother, older or younger.
1: He is one year older and he's the leading beaver trapper in America. So the um, leading
0: beaver trapper in America.
1: Yes. So go figure.
0: (laughs) I didn't know that they kept score on how many beavers were trapped in any given year, but that's absolutely awesome. And I mean, I I love that you made a distinction there, not just um, Christianized parents or people who went to church, but uh, but people who actually loved and followed Jesus, Uh, where were you raised? Was it in the South? Was it, where was it?
1: I was raised in Hartzell, Alabama, Alabama, real small town. My father got a job in Huntsville at the space flight center. And so we moved there. I I was born in Michigan. And so I have Northern roots and uh, Southern heritage growing up. Uh, But I was raised during the time of, um, a lot of racial issues and we were ironing that out in the south at that time and I was so little a
2: yeah. lot of
1: what happened I didn't even realize what was going on but my parents always told me that God loves everybody Jesus died for everybody and um, so and they lived that out by I can remember going to the projects and taking people food and clothes and hauling kids to vacation Bible school and things like that. So uh, those really impacted my, my life and my, my character. being mm-hmm. um, that
0: modeled and being a part of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned some great things that I grew up with, certainly vacation Bible school and other uh, phrases like that. How, uh, you know, I had a seminary professor who once said that salvation is a little bit like the Mississippi river that for some people, They jumped across the Mississippi, and boy, they can mark date and time different on one side than they were on the other side. There's other places where the Mississippi River is pretty wide, and you go across it, but once you're on the other side, you absolutely know you're on that side. And so some people's uh, testimonies tend to be, man, I can't pin it down, uh, but... I absolutely belong to Jesus in this kind of time frame, and that was settled. For other people, they're like, "No, I can tell you the date, the time, the hour, and I can tell you that things changed ever since." What's what's your uh, your your I guess conversion? Uh, I remember
1: as a small child, I believe I was nine years old, and I always always had the joy of the Lord in me. It was like I did jump in at the deep end, and and God was there and I have sensed and felt his presence and guidance in my life. I felt like I had a real early calling in my life to be an entertainer. Um, my mother said she, at six years old, she used to pull me out of uh, Fowler's Drugstore and I'd say, I can sing one more song. I, I have one more song I can do for you, you know? And, um, but a lot of joy in my household. And I know that contributed and a lot, so much love. I know that contributed to affirming the love of God and the joy of the Lord in my heart, and my life. Mm. And, um, then as I grew, I, I, you know, I came to know different things about the Lord, but I personally did not have a rebellion time. There was no need for it. We were having fun at my house and, um, I had I went to Christian College and met wonderful friends that I'm still close to today.
0: Where was that? Where'd you go? Uh,
1: Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama.
0: Hey, that's a beautiful campus.
1: It is a beautiful campus. <laughs> yeah. And then you know when Ed and I met in our late twenties, um, it was just so wonderful to realize that God had saved somebody for me that had had a very similar upbringing and similar um love for the lord so that was just marvelous mm.
0: let's uh, kind of go to the other side of the tracks here now so ed you were raised in a similar way uh siblings what's uh tell us about your parents obviously uh, you know Kim mentioned that they're uh jesus loving uh bible believing folks um so it sounds like you had that model for yourself as well um what was your conversion experience like where were you raised can you give us some context
2: I'm sure can i I uh, have grown up in the church um, since the cradle and um, I had a conversion salvation experience at age nine mm. and uh, but I've had multiple conversions throughout my life. Now that's probably not sound theology. But what I mean by that is you know I had my initial salvation experience, but I've had those moments throughout life where I've had, big shifts yeah. and, and ways in which I think differently. Uh, I still today look back and say 10 years ago, I'm thinking differently than I did then. Um, so let's that's roll, what I mean 12
0: too, right. Transformed by the renewal of your mind and transformed. That's All the right. process of maturity. But you're saying that that initial thing where you feel like you crossed the other side was nine years old as well. Something about nine in the water in, uh, in the right. South,
2: where, where were you, uh, where'd you grow up? I was in Kentucky, rural parts of Kentucky. Um, my dad was a division superintendent of a large utility, uh, yet we lived in a rural community. So many of my friends were uh, farmers in agriculture, uh, small manufacturing. Uh, it was a loving community, people knew everyone. We had 4th of July parades, uh, Um, high school parades in the fall Uh, you know it was one of those kind of storybook kinds of hallmark stories that you see and that's kind of where I grew up Uh, I was quite honestly quite sheltered Uh, we did travel some uh, in the summer to the beach in Florida but um, it, it wasn't until I left home went to college that my world kind of exploded and totally new uh, adventures uh, began then, you know, I've always I've come at faith from a thinking perspective. Kay and I are ideally aligned with one another, but many people that know us would say one's from a particular planet, I'm from another planet.
0: <laughs> Wait Yet a second, Mars and hard. Venus. I think I know this video, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it, it but it's worked well for us. But yeah. I've always I've always come to faith from a thinking perspective. And I was never satisfied with easy answers. I'm the first person in my on my side of the family to graduate college.
0: Where'd you go to college? You've mentioned it a couple of times now.
2: Um undergraduate. Uh, Georgetown College, uh, my master's degree, University of Kentucky, and then later a Ph.D. So Uh,
0: Georgetown, when you went to Georgetown, that really just your world kind of, you said, exploded, right? It blew up a little bit?
2: uh, It did, especially with a class that I took in Europe. Uh, I was with a professor who dramatically impacted my life that year, and so... When we went to Europe and I was in a variety of different countries, uh, especially behind the Berlin Wall, met with the U.S. ambassador to East Berlin, mm-hmm. not only in his office, but in his home. And it was at Checkpoint Charlie watching the guards in the tower uh, there at at the wall. You know, suddenly this little kid, this young kid who was so wet behind the ears from Kentucky was thrust into the world. And my life forever changed at that point. Um, my dad, who dropped out of school in the eighth grade, in order, it was during the Great Depression, in order to just work and make money for the family. My dad is the first person that ever taught me what the Reformation was, wow. taught me who Martin Luther was. Uh, he was the first that taught me Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. He also exposed me to 1 Peter 3, 15. And while my dad seldom marked up his Bible, and it was used a lot, but he, he was of a generation that you just don't write in your Bible, there was one verse that he underlined, and I've got his Bible at home today, 1 Peter 3:15, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you and do so with all gentleness and respect.
0: Mm. And
2: for the people that knew my dad, he was a gentleman. Uh, he was a person who gave respect to a lot of people, but he believed in understanding, understanding your faith. And that enabled me to, to walk through some rough patches in life, mm. especially in academia when I was exposed to some thinking that wasn't necessarily biblical. Um, All along the way, I've been able to carry that with me, whether it's in a classroom or in the marketplace. And it goes back to a father who didn't even have a high school education who taught me how to think.
0: Yeah, wow, that's what an incredible story of someone's wisdom. I think so often we confuse intellect with wisdom, and really ideally you want both. So uh, you guys mentioned in your late 20s. Where did you meet? How did you meet? Uh, how did the Ed and K saga begin? The, how, did, how did the two planetary kind of gravitational pulls collide?
1: What were you going to say, Ed?
2: Well, Kay tells the sugar-coated version, so I'll let her lead up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was at church, and because I traveled so much singing, I wasn't at church all the time, but I was sitting there, and this really nice-looking guy was playing the piano for this children's choir. And so I leaned over to the girl next to me, who was also single, and I said, who's that guy up there? And she said, um, that's Ed Smith. He's from K- Kentucky. He's just moved here. And I'm dying to go out with him. And I went.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A tough life, Derek. And by the way, she's on, like, she's traveling and she's got her own suitors coming for her. And she's looking at you going, he plays piano. He loves Jesus.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Kay's, Kay's being humble. She's always she's always humble about some of her accomplishments. But she was Miss Alabama Teenager uh-huh. when she was seventeen, and she sang in a nationally televised Billy Graham Crusade that year in Birmingham. So, um, you know, I, I
0: tell you what, Kay has a, a heck of a portfolio, and you're right. Beautiful, smart, like you married up, my friend. I don't. I know she in her version of the story. You know, she, you know, she's like it's Ed Smith, but I'm just saying. Of the two of you, I think I know which one of you guys uh, uh, got uh, had the better deal. So you guys, you guys were married, and you're a young couple. You love Jesus, and um, you know, on a on a journey of faith, what happens is so many of us find that as much as we think we know, as we grow in Christ, when we're faced with really difficult circumstances, you know, when we're faced with family, new family, new shift in life, we discover things about ourselves where the Holy Spirit's going, I'd like to just, can I just take that part of your character and work on it a little bit? Um, And the more you follow Christ, it seems as if when you've kind of gotten through one character thing, God brings up another character thing. And you're like, oh yeah, I've got to look at that too. What do you remember early on was kind of the first thing um, that you really feel like God had to address in your life?
2: It was, it was not a, a moment when the two of us sat down and we, and we had a discussion, had a meditation together and have this aha moment. It was over time, Derek. Uh, around here at the college, I often refer to Jesus and Zacchaeus and how Jesus dared go home with Zacchaeus for lunch. And of course, we know how that story ended. Zacchaeus's life was just dramatically changed because of his encounter with Jesus. I observed my wife running to a variety of Zacchaeuses in our world. Mm. And Kay has never been one to uh, uh, stand aside and not go to any person and just love on them. And she she has some amazing stories down through the years, how God has just, at that moment said, "Speak or smile," or step out, dare to befriend this person." Um, I learned from that. I watched her and how she did that over the years, and I'm ashamed to say that for many years, I was not running toward the Zacchaeus.. Mm. I was probably standing on the sidelines saying danger. Um, Can't go there because of the bad influence that might be there. And, uh, you know, so when I mentioned multiple conversions a while ago, a conversion along the way for me was, you know what, forget what people might think, forget that they might suggest that Ed is guilty by association, go and be willing to be a friend to anybody, regardless of their perspective, their worldview, uh, whether they're in the faith or not in the faith. um, Just go and be obedient to the Spirit. And so there's a lot of freedom in that. Hmm. Uh, To get to that point where you're only obedient to one, an audience of one, And when that spirit says, go, do it. And so Kay has been really good at this all her life. And I only wish that this podcast had time for her to share a half dozen stories with you because they, are really um, moments of, wow, how did you?
1: I have have one about you, darling. He's my darling. That's what I call it. Um, Yeah.
0: Listener. She's not talking about me. (laughs)
1: when we first married, he was in banking. And um, Evan was a tiny baby, I think. But um, he came home from the bank. And I opened up the mail. And I think I'd gotten a check, an unexpected check for $25, which, you know, that was, that was good back then. Mm -hmm. And um, so he, he was brushing his teeth when I told him, and he quit brushing his teeth, and he said, oh my goodness, you're not going to believe what happened today, and you want to tell this story, Ed?
2: Well, there was an elderly man, I'm going to guess that Mr. Baker was probably in his late 80s at the time, that came into the bank, and he wanted to borrow $25, (laughs) and I, I did commercial deals. I could I could do 250,000 or 2 million easier than I could do $25, you know? Mm -hmm. And so here he was, he said, and I promise I will pay the bank back from our social security check when it arrives in two weeks. And we just need some money to, to make ends meet.
0: Mm.
2: And I sat there, Derek, and I did what in the book of James says, well, Mr. Baker, you know, here's an organization down the street you can contact. Uh, Why don't you remember that passage that says go along and be filled, but you don't meet your brother's needs. And that bugged me all the way home that evening. Uh, The drive home, I was tormented about Mr. Baker and the need of he and his wife. So I walk into the house. We were getting ready to go out to dinner and then go to a movie. And. I was brushing my teeth at the time and she walked to the door and said, hey, that place, that booking I had in Texas, they they sold an extra album and here's $25 that you need to put in the account. Wow. I'm serious. I mean, there's no hyperbole to this story. And I about choked on my Crest toothpaste and <laughs> I said, look, I, I got to tell you something. And so we sat there and we decided you know what, let's skip dinner, let's skip the movie. And we took much more than $25. We hurried down to the, I think it was a Walgreens that we ran to and bought a card and filled it full of cash, Mm. drove all the way across town to that senior adult home. And I left it at the front desk anonymously for Mr. Baker.
0: Wow, Um,
2: that was one of those moments that you say, you know, you can't make this up.
0: Yeah. But so, listener, you're probably picking up on some things. Kay sold an album Ed is in banking. Uh, These are two people with really interesting, successful stories. But I think something that you can hear, especially at this moment in the podcast, kind of thread through is that you both really genuinely love Jesus apart and together. That he's central in your marriage, but you're also having these God conversations apart, and he's bringing in Scripture to remind you and and pull you and shape you and craft you into who he wants you to be. Which means he's stretching you, he's pushing you out. Um, you know, even to know the Scripture that the Holy Spirit can use to bring to your mind. You know, that's something that a lot of people are like, I don't know that I know of Scripture. And so there, you know, that's that's a part of the growing process. Um, you know, you both come at it with very different lenses. And so I want to ask about your, pers- your, your unique lenses for a second. Here's what I mean by that. Ed, at one point, you were out climbing, getting to base camp of Everest and taking leaders to pour into them. Kay, you've spoken and sung before thousands of people. You've been in every area of entertainment that i can think of you've made people laugh you've you've really come at uh, influence from a place of humor and warmth um, to drive to insight and ed you've kind of moved to the experience of it get them unsettled and expand their world kind of a theme from from what you said earlier in order for them to be able to focus on insight um from each of those worlds from each of your own perspectives what do you think is the, uh, the key to change?
2: Well, I'll jump in. And um, for me, it has to do with calling, calling by God. And I know Kay's got her own perspective on calling that she can share in a moment. For me, it didn't all begin to come together in my life until I learned that God wants to use me and call me um, in banking or whatever kind of work that I'm in, and my calling is just as high, just as lofty, or just as valid as the senior pastor in a pulpit. Mm. Because I grew up in a culture that maybe didn't... Directly teach me this, but it just kind of was a part of our culture. That when you think about being called by God, you you think about being called into the pastorate, or you're called into missions. Hmm. And I was tormented as a 17, 18 year old that I wanna I wanna really live life for God. I wanna be all in, but I don't feel called as a preacher. Yeah. And the missions, the only kind of missions that I knew was what I'd heard at my church, the missionary stories. And most of those were in other parts of the world. And so here I am trying to make sense of calling. And it wasn't until later that I realized that God has a valid call on each and every person. Uh, who commits their life to him. Mm. And you could be a car mechanic, you could be a school teacher, you could be a physician, or you might even be a pastor at a church. But there is a calling there that acts as that North Star. It's that gyroscope, so to speak, that keeps you so oriented. Uh, Derek, that's what enabled me to process change in my life because I'm not sure I could have made changes had it been me pulling myself up by the bootstraps and saying, by golly, today I'm going to go out here and I'm just going to change um, no matter what it takes. You know, it was only in submission. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, Jesus never said it'd be easy. He said, take up your cross and follow me. And As C.S. Lewis famously said, is Christianity hard or easy? C.S. Lewis said yes. That's right. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he also said, take up your cross and follow me. And as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, when Jesus said, come follow me, he bids a man or a woman come and die. Mm. And I haven't always lived that way most of my life. And there's some days I still don't, but but that's, I believe that's the only way that genuine change can come about is through calling. Now, Kay's got her own unique perspective on calling and it's different from mine. It's a different approach than mine, but it's still very valid.
1: I just, I wake up every morning and just say, Lord, where are you working? I want to, I want to find you. I want to serve you. I want to, Love people wherever I go today, and <clears throat> I had a couple interesting things that happened lately. Um, I've made a part of my life's calling is to is service. It's a service thing, and one of the ways I act that out is when I go <laughs> to the grocery store or Walmart or Sam's. <clears throat> I look for people who like like this past week, it was a man at Publix who was in the handicap parking. And I knew he couldn't take his cart back. And so I asked if I can take their cart for them. It's just a simple gesture, but people are really taken back and thrilled that you offer to serve them like that. And I've done a lot of that. And it was interesting a couple of weeks back I was leaving the home goods store and I had all this stuff and I bought too much like big pillows. And I mean, I had just a cart that was overflowing and sure enough, when I got in the crosswalk, it overflowed all around me and my pillows went flying and there was a lady behind me and she grabbed my pillows and she said, I'll help you get to your car. And I took a gulp because I know that, I'm usually that person, but she was doing it for me. And I realized how wonderful it felt to be served just in a little tiny
2: Mm. way
1: for somebody to say, I'm willing to help you. And then I had another thing, uh, like two days later, I went to Sam's and I was, I'd bought a bunch of stuff and I was trying to load my car and I got to this big, huge thing of water. And it was very heavy. And there was a lady coming down toward me. And she said, oh, honey, honey, I'll help you with that. She said, that is so hard. I'll help you. There's no way you'll get that in your car without me, you know. (laughs) And so she helped me get that water in the car. And I just, I just hugged her. And I said, thank you so much. But, you know, that's a, that's an example of a daily calling Mm -hmm. and, and realizing that we have the power every day, wherever we go, to make a difference in somebody's life, to encourage somebody, uh, to lift them up. I have a friend who was in a uh, a store one day, and these two women were fighting over fiddle faddle, which is caramel corn, and they were just and she was right in the middle, and she said, "All I could do was just pray, Lord, Lord, help them, help them get over this," you know. And she said it was crazy and So finally she got out to the parking lot and she saw one of the ladies that had been in this spat and she stopped at the door and she said, ma'am, roll down your window. The lady rolled down her window. And she said, I don't know what's going on in your life but I wanna tell you right now that Jesus loves you so much. and, And I don't know what caused you to get so explosive over fiddle faddle. And the lady started crying and she said, Oh, I know what you're talking about. She said, I've accepted the Lord and He's in my heart, but I didn't act like it, did I? And she's, you know, and she just said she'd had a lot going on. So my friend said, Can I pray for you right now? Mm-hmm. And so, and and the lady was, yeah, yeah, please, you know. So anyway, I'm sorry. It, that's, it
0: that's sounds like this. what's so beautiful about your answers is that um, you're saying here's what you know there's so much that was incredible about both of your responses but ed you're saying it's about submitting and saying that your life is worthwhile to god for a specific purpose and that he can use you to do something that you can't see or do on your own and Kay, it sounds like you're saying that not only that but because the son of man came to serve and not be served that there's something about pouring yourself out to others that actually winds up shaping you in return. And if you can tap into the descent, that's really where you find your greatness. And yeah. the uh, it's a challenge today because you know we live in a pretty divisive time and there's a lot of people where they're just trying to follow Jesus through it. They're not sure how. And some people are like, "Well, what's God's call? He's not talking to me. But I think one of the things that both of you kind of talk about in your stories is, yeah, it's it's about the daily choice. It's about saying, I could not read my Bible today or I could not pray to God or I could not care. or um, I could actually do myself a favor and decide that um, today is going to be about more than me. And there's so many people who try to do that in like kindness but without Jesus, but the challenge is that it's just uh, it becomes about you putting on a character, rather than being molded by the character of Christ. And you're both not putting characters on you're being molded by the character of Christ, which I so appreciate. Well, listen, you've both been incredibly generous with your time and, uh, and Ed, I know you have a hard stop coming up here and I just appreciate you both. I want to say just personally, uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the way that you love Jesus, whether you're trekking to Everest or whether you're entertaining thousands I think the biggest thing is you're both, you've both been willing to be transparent so that you can you know, put me in the poll or put me on a stage. The truth is, if you can't see through me, then I'm not uh, representing Jesus well. And so I just love the way you guys are transparently for Jesus and how his reality shines in you. So I just want to say thank you for that. And um, more people watch you than you may realize and more people are learning from you than, than you may know. And uh, and listeners, if you guys are interested in in uh, Ed or in K, man, look them up. Look them up online. It's going to be easy to find them. Uh, but uh, if you're interested in college, Williamson College is the place to go. If you're interested in having a brilliant speaker come and talk to you and and uh, and help you uh, in life and, and help your conference, K is a, a brilliant person to go to. But we've just gotten you can, can attend williamson
2: college from anywhere in the world now we have virtual classrooms so you can zoom right into our classroom so you know we're excited about that
0: worthwhile and it's about not just intellect but character formation which i absolutely love anyway thank you both and i mean that thank you on behalf of so many but thank you both for the way you love jesus
1: thank you derek